Good morning. You can hear me now. Welcome to Hebron Baptist Church. I am thankful for you, thankful that you are here today as we worship the Lord who has given us all wonderful good gifts. Amen? And we come every Sunday to worship him in the name of Jesus. You are here as part of a family of God, and today we want to worship the God we serve. So let us stand as we begin our service every, every Sunday, repeating God's words back to him. So let's say, say these, this scripture together. Let the whole earth shout joyfully to God. Sing about the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awe-inspiring are your works. Your enemies will cringe before you because of your great strength. The whole earth will worship you and sing praise to you. They will sing praise to your name. Let's do that this morning.
people gathered around Christ at the feet of the cross, worshiping our Savior for what he has done and delighting in the grace that has been shown to us. Take my place. 
Welcome to Hebron Baptist Church. Again, I'm Pastor Sean, and we're glad that you're here today as a special day as we kick off Thanksgiving week here at the church. But we're thankful for you. If you're a guest here, we're glad that you're here. Here at Hebron Baptist Church, we seek to glorify God by inviting everybody to take their next steps. And so we hope uh, that you will take your next steps here with us at Hebron Baptist Church. Maybe it's uh, from stepping in from death to life and trusting Jesus. Maybe you've been trusting Jesus for a long time and following him. Maybe it's time for you to have someone come alongside you and help you be a disciple. Read your Bible, pray, or share the gospel. Or maybe it's to go on one of our mission trips. We want everyone to be taking their next step and growing to be more like Jesus. And we hope that we, you can do that here. If you are a guest, we hope that you would help us out by connecting with us. In the pew in front of you is a QR code for a Connect card. Would you scan that, fill that out, and take it to our Next Steps desk at the end of our service? Especially if this is your first time with us this morning, you will have a gift waiting for you there, and we want to connect with you. Maybe it's to answer your questions about how you can plug into a life group or to a D group, uh, or we can just connect with you uh, there. So we hope that you'll do that this morning. If you can't do it uh, electronically, there will be one waiting for you there. Well, it is our habit to uh, be a people of prayer because God said this should be a house of prayer. And so every Sunday, because we are God's people, we pray together for several different things, for ourselves, for the world, and let's do that together now. Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity as your people to lift our prayers and petitions to you. God, you have made a way for us when there was no way through your son, Jesus Christ. And as Christians, as many people will th celebrate Thanksgiving this week, we have the most to be thankful for, that we know that your son has been sacrificed for us and that you have drawn us to yourself into the family of God. And Lord, because of this sacrificial gift of your son we are people who sacrifice and give greatly we sacrifice by giving of our time and our talents to the church we also sacrifice by giving of our finances and lord i pray uh, that during this season where many people look for generosity that we as christians are on the forefront as we give to international missions when in the next few weeks it will be we'll be challenging each other to give to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering that you would give that we would give sacrificially to our church and that Lord that it would help fund the mission and ministry throughout the year so Lord we know that you have called us to be sacrifi sacrificial when we give may that be a characteristic of who we are 
and what we do. Because of that, Lord, we support many ministries and missionaries across the world. One of those is Alex and Alawana Brito and their three daughters. Lord, they are working, sharing the gospel there in Elephant and Castle there in London. And Lord, we pray as they gather a community from all over the globe, many different nationalities, we pray, God, that your name be lifted up. Protect their family, protect their ministry, and Lord, may many come to faith through Mosaic Multicultural Church there. Heavenly Father, we also know that throughout the world there are many things going on that we as, as Americans are shielded from. And Lord, we need to be guarded that, that the problems going on in Israel and Gaza would not leave our minds and would not leave our prayer, uh, would not fall off our prayer chain. Lord, I pray and lift up right now. God, we plead to you of the 239 hostages that have been taken, that, Lord, today you would, would move to release them, many of them children, many of them hurting and away from family. So, Lord, we pray that by your mighty hand that all people would know that you are God, that you would work among leaders and people to release them. Lord, we ask this, and knowing that, uh, that there's so much destruction, so much hate, God, we pray that you would be with uh, this, this war in Gaza, that, Lord, that there would, be, there would be justice, there would be victory, and there would be eventual peace. Heavenly Father, we uh, pray for those amongst us that are still healing and struggling. We pray for Joy Wilson and her... Uh, recovering for her, from her treatment from non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. We pray for her dehydration issues. We pray for the, the things that are going on through her healing. We pray, God, that you would be uh, real and present to her and to their family. Be with Fred and strengthen him as, she, as he uh, helps her. God, we pray for Mark Loy as he continues to have rehab and gain strength. And Lord, be with Renee as she cares for him as well and help Lord to bring all of these families back to us and strengthen us that they might worship together with us Lord we pray for this week as many will go to Thanksgiving dinners and, and families throughout uh, the, the United States and we pray for their travel and safety but Lord I, I do pray a special prayer for those who are gathering around tables and who are grieving the loss of a loved one that wasn't that won't be here at the kitchen table this time as it as they were last year lord i pray that god you would fill them the presence of the holy spirit encouragement of the cross and lord the power of the resurrection we pray god that you would meet them in their grief yet give them the hope that comes from jesus christ and help us be a people of thanksgiving because, Lord, we know if we look and are honest, there are many times that we have not been sacrificial. We haven't sacrificed rightly our finances, our time, our talents. There are times this week that we could have done something for someone else that we didn't do. So, Lord, we admit this to you. But, Lord, we are thankful because of the gospel that we have received. Even our sins of neglect are covered by the blood of Jesus. And so, Lord, we're thankful for that same gospel that we proclaim and praise also actively forgives us when we fail. 
So Lord, help us to be your people. Help us to praise you. Help us to live a life worthy of you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we respond to the good hope of the gospel, let me read these words to you. But I received mercy because I acted out of ignorance and unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. This saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them. But I received mercy for this reason, so that in me, the worst of them, Christ Jesus might demonstrate his extraordinary patience as an example to those who would believe in him for eternal life. Isn't it good to know that we've received the patience of the Lord and we can sing of that great good news in the gospel. Let's stand and sing. One day when heaven was filled with his praises, one day when sin was black as could be, Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin, dwelt among men, my example is he. The words became flesh and the light shined among us, his glory revealed. Living he loved me, dying he saved me, buried he carried. My sins far away, rising me justified, freely forever. One day is coming, oh glorious day, oh glorious day.
Turning your copy of God's Word into your devices to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 1. We're going to go to verse 9. Forgot to write down the page number, but I think it's like 132. Somebody can confirm that for me somewhere around there. In the Pew Bible, if you want to read along in the translation that I will be reading from. Anybody find it? Okay. You're on your own find it it's around that place uh, uh, but we are continuing in our series on Philippians today we're going to be looking at how uh, we've been looking this whole time hopefully you've been encouraged to joy I have been and I feel like that Satan's been sifting these whole couple of weeks to say all right preacher uh, put into practice what you're preaching because we know that no matter what circumstance that we can have joy in Christ. Today, we're going to be looking in the same way that we can receive a joy that brings us peace in our troubled minds and hearts. And so, let's begin in chapter 4, verse 1, and read to verse 9. So then, my dearly loved and longed for brothers and sisters, my joy and crown, in this manner stand Firm in the Lord, dear friends. I urge Yodia and I urge Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Yes, I also ask you, true partner, to help these women who have contended for the gospel at my side, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any moral excellence, and if there's anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Do what you have learned and received and heard from me and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we have sung and now we read your word, Lord, may your word be planted deep in us that it would take root, that by faith we would obey, and that the fruit would be bared much in our lives, that we would be obedient and changed forever. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this time of year often brings much stress and worry. These next month, because of holidays, you'll be 
a lot of times work-free and school-free, but we will all admit that we're not stress-free, especially when we hear or see signs like I saw yesterday or that doing the math now, there are 36 days till Christmas. This time of year brings grief and hardship to those who are remembering lost loved ones who are not at our kitchen table. This time of year is a time for worry because of year-end deadlines or, or goals or activities or grades that need to be achieved. It's not a peaceful few months. But let's be honest, even as Christians, we are always worrying. We worry about a lot of things. And that worry turns to sin because in it, we're not trusting in God. We're like the husband who turned to his wife and said, Stop all your worrying. It's not doing any good, which she shot back. That's not true. 90% of the things that I worry about don't even happen. <laughs> or maybe because of the things that you worry about, maybe you uh, stay up at night because you are on the lay awake plan. Meaning that you lay awake wondering how you might pay for something. The statistics say that roughly 55% of Americans under 30 have, are feeling nervous, anxious, and on edge. 47% have felt down and depressed in the last two weeks. And a third of Americans will suffer with an anxiety disorder. We can say that we trust God, but often we as Christians even are worriers. The good news for Christians is found that in Christ, our hope in him brings us joy that can bring peace even in our troubled hearts. This is Paul's message to the Philippians. Imagine this, the man who is in chains in jail is telling them, don't worry. Don't be anxious for anything. Rejoice. I say it again, rejoice. Paul is doing this even to a church that is facing many things. First of all, their hearts are heavy for Paul. They don't know if they'll ever see Paul alive again. Their pastor has gone to take money to him, and they're worried about him. They've, they're facing opposition, false teaching. They're, they're facing persecution. All of this, the church is worrying, and Paul says... Don't be anxious for anything. Don't worry. Paul is giving wisdom to them and to us today that the hope that we have in Jesus, the joy that we receive in him, helps bring peace in our everyday lives. And in this passage, I believe that there are four ways that we can receive peace through the joy of Christ. Four ways. So if you're taking notes on your bulletin or in your devices, number one, we can receive peace through unity with other believers. We can receive peace through unity with other believers. You know, we think that when there's disunity among just two people that everybody else is okay, but we know when we're around someone that awkward conversations, the bad things, if it's our friends, we know that everyone around worry, anxiety, or disunity, it affects everyone. 
It's like a hand grenade going off. It hurts the people closest to it, but we don't know what shrapnel it hits others on the way. Paul is urging the church and us to be unified of the same mind to stay in unity so that we will be at peace. Specifically, Paul is urging two ladies in the church to be at peace with one another. Yodia and Syncate are gospel partners. He's saying these women have stood beside him, are great gospel partners. They've, they've served in the church. They've, they've done great things in starting the church. They're, they're great Christian women. But there has been something that has come between them that is causing disunity. Their fellowship is broken, and it's affecting the church. Paul urges, using the word, excuse me, the verb urge twice to underscore his pleading with them. I urge you. This is a matter of most importance. Brothers and sisters, when we are at disunity with someone, we cannot put it off for another day to come together. The more that we think that we can put it off for another day, leave Satan more opportunities to discourage us. And Paul is saying, I urge you right now to come together in unity. He goes on to say to live in harmony. This is actually one word. It is used several times in the letter already when he says in chapter 2, verse 2, and chapter 2, verse 5, that we should be of the same mind or have the same attitude of ourselves. This word really means to exercise the mind. He is saying to use your mind, come together, come into agreement with one another on this matter. You know, oftentimes we think that we have to be the winner in a situation when all, most times we need to come together and agree together. We need to exercise our minds for the good of reconciliation in Christ and the restoration of a relationship. Well, how does this happen? Well, he says, do this in the Lord. Friends, it is when we mutually come under the Lord's leadership that we come in unity. When we are fighting for what's right for ourselves, guess what? We're always going to disagree. We're always going to come against each other. But when we are under the leadership of God for the cause of Christ, we will be unified. And when we're not, and when we're at war with each other, it affects the cause of Christ. We're like the two men who are riding a tandem bicycle up a very steep hill. And after much effort, much work, they reach the top. The man on the front says, boy, that was a really tough, hard ride. And the one in the back, sure it was, if I hadn't kept the brake on the whole time, we would have slipped backwards. <laughs> Friends, when we're not working together, we're causing problems holding back the gospel when we're working against each other we're not at peace and we're not helping those around us the key to living and unity together is not living for ourselves Paul reminded that us early right have the mind of Christ chapter 2 verse 3 do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit but in humility Consider others as more important than yourselves. 
just as Paul urges unity among Udia and Syncyche, I urge unity in your relationship, brother, sister. Maybe it's someone here in the church, or maybe it's a family member or friend. I urge you to be at peace, and you will receive peace when you work towards unity. Be the person. Notice he said to, to both of them, I urge you, both of you, somebody has to step up here. He called for, maybe it was an elder, or maybe it was the whole church, but maybe it was Clement. He's saying, look, everybody come together and help work this out because this is not something that continue on. Brother, sister, if there is disunity between you and someone else, you be the person that is led by the Lord to bring that relationship right. Remember this, forgiveness costs. It costs the Lord Jesus dying on a cross for us. And when we grant forgiveness for someone else, it costs us. Maybe putting aside our preference, maybe putting aside how we look in front of someone, whatever that is, it costs. And brother and sister, take the cost for the sake of unity, for the good of Christ, for the, for the sake of the gospel. Make sure that you are working for unity. And when you do, instead of being at war with one another, and instead of being at war in your mind, let's be honest, we all do it. We think, when our mind's at rest, we think of that other person and how they've done us wrong. If we forgive and work towards unity, we'll be at peace. We'll be at peace in our hearts, and peace in our mind. Is there someone that you are entering into a, this season of family, of holidays that you know that you're at war with? Maybe there's something that you are separated from a family member because of disunity. Brother or sister, allow the peace of Christ to rule your heart and mind and bring forgiveness and peace to that relationship. Secondly, how can we receive peace? Well, we receive peace through rejoicing in the Lord. Rejoicing in the Lord. Verse 4 to 5, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Brothers and sisters, it is clear that we are to be people who rejoice and are joyous often. This text ex ex implicitly answers two questions. When should we rejoice and how long should we rejoice? What's the answer? Always. Always. We're not waiting for a moment of things to get easier we're not waiting for a certain day on the calendar. We're not waiting for 2024. We rejoice in the Lord always, beginning now and through all circumstance. This is a command, not advice. Our circumstances as Christians and as humans are rightly called for us to have grief, tears, and sorrows. As a matter of fact, we know that unless the Lord comes back first, each of us will face death. We will face the death of loved ones and maybe even our own. We will weep. We will have tears. But we will rejoice. We must rejoice. For we rejoice in the Lord. Because He does not change. He never changes. His will will always be good. His hand will always be sure. We can trust in Him. A Christian cannot be 
a chronic complainer. Christian cannot be the half is the glass is half empty all the time. He, a Christian cannot be curmudgeonly because we know our salvation is from the Lord. In every situation, we have one thing to rejoice over all creation, that God and his salvation has come to us, and we can rejoice. But if we go through circumstances, we know that we have been given a song in our heart because we have been made new in him. And because of this salvation, we can rejoice. Psalm 40, 1 through 3 says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he turned to me and heard my cry for help. He brought me out from a desolate pit, out of the muddy clay, and set my feet on a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see in fear, and they will trust in the Lord. Brothers and sisters, that's us. We were in the pits of our sin and death and destruction, and yet he brought us up through the majesty and glory of Christ coming through us. And because of this, we have a song of praise in our heart. By contrast, the believer who practices Rejoicing in the Lord will increasingly discover balm in the midst of heartache, rest in the midst of exhausting tension, love in the midst of loneliness, and presence of God in control of horrible circumstances. A believer never gives up the Christian life. We resolve to always rejoice in the Lord. We have a song that many of our songs have this phrase from, phrase from Psalm 118.24. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Friends, whatever that day and our day has, we can rejoice in God. You know, I encourage you, brother and sister, to put this to practice. That whatever situation you are in, that you are rejoicing in the Lord. Two weeks ago, I'll, I'll be honest... I was discouraged. Uh, I, my heart was deep. I was driving, and I just visited someone in the hospital. There's all these circumstances that are going on. And, friends, I, was, I will not be above admitting I was crying and driving and just wallowing in everything that was going on. And this, that week, me and my D group, we read Psalm 42. And Psalm 42 that whole psalm is reminding us that no matter where we find ourselves, we must praise him and trust in him. The phrase is, why my soul are you dejected? Why are you in such turmoil? Put your hope in God, for I will still praise him, my Savior and my God. It's a song that City of Light has has put to words that is Isabella's actually favorite song where she sings hallelujah I will praise him yet praise him again friends I'll be honest that moment I willed myself to praise the Lord and I started to just say out loud in my car all the things that God is good and my heart changed everything lifted I could dry my eyes and have a countenance of him 
brother and sister, we should be rejoicing in the Lord. You know, many years ago, this is an old song now, but the song by Pharrell Williams, Happy, came out. And you can't go to a stadium or some, somewhere where that song and people are clapping along or dancing along, but it comes from the movie Despicable Me, and the kids were watching this, and there's, it starts playing from the movie when Lucy gives Gru, who was the former villain, a kiss, and everything changed in his life. Friends, isn't this a picture of us in Christ? A rebel, dejected, far from God. And Jesus came to us and changed us by his love. And it makes us happy. So all of us can rejoice. In Philippians, the happiest man was in Rome in jail. What makes him rejoice? The good news of Jesus. Friends, whatever circumstance you are in right now, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, Paul says rejoice I think he knew he needed to repeat it because we need to hear it again and again rejoice in the Lord always third we can receive peace through trusting God through prayer we can receive peace as we trust God in prayer verse 6 7 says don't worry about anything but I've memorized this in a different version, so I have to really read it because it'll, words are flipping around. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Friends, do you notice the little secret that Paul is saying here that we as Christians have that others don't? That we have this wonderful power of prayer, this tool, this gift of prayer that no one else has. Because how does it end? That the peace that comes through prayer surpasses all understanding. When we pray to God, we don't know where the peace comes from. It, it, it defies all logic. It defies all worldly wisdom because the peace in the midst of circumstances comes supernaturally from God. So friends, we have this wonderful gift in prayer that when we face adversity, that we can turn to prayer and we can have peace. What does anxiety do to you? It's a joy killer. Anxiety will make you self-absorbed. It will keep you from serving others wholeheartedly. It robs you of peace. Worry is a failure to trust that God is in control. And it reveals our very own heart that we're not really sure that God will provide in his own perfect timing. Worry is gazing at our problems in self-reliance or self-pity or both rather than looking to the Lord for dependence. So what is the cure? What can we do? Well, worry is so damaging. Corrie ten Boom, who you might know is an author who her family saved many Jews from the Nazis. She says, worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. It does not enable us to escape evil. It makes us unfit to face evil when it comes. It is interest you pay on trouble before it comes. So what do we do? What do we do? Paul says, pray. Pray. This is a commandment. 
don't worry about anything pray about what everything so pray and know god's peace luther martin luther quipped pray and let god worry d.a carson says i have yet to meet a chronic warrior who enjoys an excellent prayer life friends the antidote to anxiety is prayer this is basic christianity we say well pastor i'm hoping you to have something brand spanking new for me to do well friends i can't do anything outside of the wonderful promises of truth of god's word and paul says what pray that means that we go to god that we trust god in every situation our matter of prayer is that we come on bended knee to the king of the universe to lay it at his feet and say god i trust you with this you're in control ken sand an author who is a great author many books says trusting god does not mean believing he will do what you want but rather believing he will do everything he knows is good brothers and sisters when we pray we understand that this is the discipline of unhindered time with god and peace comes when we seek god's presence we need to go to God and lay it at his feet because we are admitting that we are putting the, our problem, our issue, our situation in actually the hands of the only one who can do anything about it. And that's God. So our prayers brings us peace. But you see the qualifier? That we need to do it with thanksgiving. This thanksgiving, God, I, I am thankful that you will take this for me god i i am thankful that you have done this in the past god i am thankful because i know you in a personal way god i am thankful to know that you are going to answer this prayer with your good and perfect wisdom why is this good because thanksgiving gives us confidence in our prayers and it buries us deeper in peace because god has answered our prayers before because God has lavished upon us the grace and grace of the mercies of his son, we are reminded that God, with thanksgiving, has answered these prayers before. And with thanksgiving, because he's answered these prayers, we can walk away in peace knowing that he's in control. Friends, as we gather together with thanksgiving this week, thanksgiving cannot be a one-week affair. Thanksgiving should pepper in all of our prayers. It should be something that we're thankful for in all ways because we are bringing the request to one that we are thankful that he knows all good things and will work them into his end. As Tim Keller has observed that we have talked before about prayer, God will either, when you pray, God will either give us what we ask or give us what we would have asked if we knew everything he knows. Brothers and sisters, are you crippled with anxiety over something? What are we instructed to do? Pray. Don't worry about it. Lay it at the feet of the one who can do something about it. Examine your prayer life over this matter. Are you truly praying about it? I'm not just saying, just whispering a prayer while you're driving or 
whispering a sentence before you nod off to sleep, which God answers those prayers, by the way. But if you are that anxious and worried about it, are you in the same way wrestling with God over it? Are you spending time with him? Because as you pray, what does it say? The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard. Friends, it will garrison, protect you, keep you from anxiety. So you need to pray. You need to pray more and often and bring it to him. And the peace of God will come to you. So pray, brothers and sisters. Pray over the matter that's keeping you up at night. Pray throughout the day. Spend time praying. Maybe you need to fast. Maybe you, whatever area, situation, spend time with the Lord over it. And he will bring peace to your mind. Finally, Paul gives us a glimpse of peace that we can receive through thinking of praiseworthy things. Receive peace through thinking of praiseworthy things. Verse 8 and 9 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any moral excellence, if there's anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Do what you have received and heard from me and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. The final issue Paul instructs us in is the Christian's thought life. That if we are to really be at peace, because the war, though we often think is out here, is usually going on here in our mind. The Christians, to grow in Christ's likeness, we need to have a renewed mind. This is the story of the Bible. In the Old Testament, Isaiah says, let the wicked one abandon his way and the sinful one his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord so that he may have compassion on him and to our God so he will freely forgive. God has blessed his church with his word and us as the primary means to purify his word. Jesus later says, sanctify them by the truth. The word is truth. David said that God needs to know my thoughts, my heart, because it is in that that I know that I can wander. He says in Psalm 139, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. If there's any offense in my way, lead me in an everlasting way. And even in the Sermon on the Mount, what does Paul say? Um, excuse me, Jesus say? He says that these actions are actually thoughts in our heart or, or the outflow of our heart. Adulterer, murder, murder are in lustful thoughts or malicious thoughts, and it comes out in our actions. Friends, so what do we need to do? We need to saturate our minds with God's way, God's word, so that we are kept from offensive ways, so that the peace that happens in our life is guided by godly thoughts. Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your, okay, one person read it, mind, so that you may discern what is good, pleasing, perfect will of God. 
Friends, if you think holy thoughts, you will be holy. If you think garbage, you will be garbage. Paul is saying, be careful what you're thinking, how you're acting is connected. Paul is saying, to put this in the most concrete way, he says, think about true things, not false things. Think about noble things, not depraved things. Think about what's right, not what's on wrong. Think about whatever is pure, not sleazy. Think about what's lovely, not disgusting. Think about what's admirable, not despicable. Whatever is excellent, think about these things. Could it be, brother or sister, that you're not at peace because you're thinking the wrong way? Are you looking at the world the wrong way? Are you believing the lies of Satan instead of the truth of God in your situation? Are you thinking nobly and pure about a member of the opposite sex? Are you thinking unpure, depraved thoughts that is causing war within you? Are you making a decision based on what you might think, oh, sounds okay? Or are you thinking of what's excellent and the perfect will of God? Brothers and sisters, we need to be change our hearts and minds by the renewing of our minds to think on these things. I had someone tell me to start training my mind at the end of the day, start thinking and naming these things. What did you think of that was pure? What did you think of that was true? What was honorable? And then you might find that maybe you didn't do that that day. Does that drive you into despair? No, it drives you into the arms of Jesus. Because then you can ask him, God, tomorrow, help me think on these things. Let me repent where I need to repent. Forgive me where I need to be forgiven. And help me to grow in purity and train of thought. To dwell on these things. Because when we're dwelling on the other, brothers and sisters, will never be at peace. So friends, we know this time of year that we'll have much anxiety and worry, but there are a lot of remedies that people turn to in the world. But I'd rather go to the manufacturer, the one who knows how you are put together inside and out, the one who knows your heart and how it can be settled, who has given his very son for you, a faithful father and friend, an ever-present protector, he is telling us in these ways to find unity with one another, to find peace through prayer, to find peace through rejoicing in all things, and have peace while we change our minds. We need to set our heart's anxiety alarm so that when we start wallowing in worry, that we are cut up and woken up to the good things and the good gifts of God that we are reminded of what God is. Instead of spending mental energy on the futile what-ifs or the treadmill of our minds where we go and run and run and nothing happens, that instead we focus our thoughts on God and what brings us peace. Maybe it's changing our minds to true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, praiseworthy things. Or maybe it's just going to God in prayer. Brother, sister, we can have joy in the midst of worry. It comes from knowing Christ. Notice all of these things is standing firm in Christ. Maybe you're here today as an invitation of a friend 
or maybe you just turned online and you've come to hear well, I encourage you the only way to peace is through the Prince of Peace Jesus Christ the one who gave his life and took your sins on Calvary and went to death in a tomb yet three days later rose again and it and the Bible says that those who repent and believe can have everlasting life and peace in him I urge you just as Paul urged the church I urge you to turn to him today and brother or sister who has an anxious heart today a worrisome heart who lost sleep last night over something there's peace in the joy of Christ do not run from it run to him let's pray Heavenly Father we are thankful for the the hope and good news that we have in Christ that in a relationship with him there is a joy that surrounds and a peace that comes knowing Christ but Lord that a relationship with Jesus gives us access to all these wonderful things that we can turn to to bring peace in our troubled minds and hearts so Lord we're thankful for your word a thankful for a reminder for us today we ask that you would guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus with a perfect peace that comes from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's respond to the goodness and grace of God and worship together. Would you stand to your feet? So highly exalted. 
supper together. Uh, quickly, if you're a guest, a reminder to fill out the Connect card that you can uh, go to the Next Steps desk. We hope that you do take a next step from here, and that's getting connected to a life group or D group. They'll be able to help you there at the Next Steps desk. Today is a wonderful day because one of my favorite days because of Thanksgiving luncheon that will be right after the service. If you haven't brought something, don't worry. Come be our guest. We'd love to have you. Uh, it'll be down in the fellowship hall right afterwards. We just to ask you as you go down there, quickly find a seat so that we know that we have enough seats for everybody and make sure that you have a seat grabbed and then we'll give instructions while we get down there tomorrow is the opportunity to serve the boone county adult workers and activity center this luncheon's been going on for over 40 years many of you have been donating things so some of you were supposed to bring that today hopefully you've done that if it was non-cooked items some of you are bringing cooked items tomorrow they need to be here by 9 30 and if you can volunteer we'd love to have you what time is they need to be here for that k 10 30 so please be here at 10 30 they'll give you instructions if you've never done it before easy peasy you'll love serving these people uh, you'll want to come back and do it again next year 10 30 tomorrow we'd love to have you come and serve a uh, couple quick things there's oh one other thing that i want to kind of put on your radar uh, make sure that you are using this time and this season and holiday to invite people to our christmas activities statistics say that unchurched people are more likely to be at church at an invitation during christmas than easter easter is when church people come back to church Christmas is when non-Christians come to church and so use this opportunity to invite them to church we are doing a lot of things to help in that first of all uh, our first Sunday of Advent is two Sundays December 3rd 
All families will receive a special, uh, families with kids will have a special gift given to them on December 3rd on Sunday morning. And then that night is our fireside service. We are changing some things up, making this fireside service even better for you to invite someone to come with you. First of all, the music's not going to change. It's going to be awesome and even better. We're going to have our still the surprise at the end. They're still a surprise to some people. We've got some new people who have not experienced it. So don't spoil the surprise. There's still a surprise at the end. We still will have desserts. And one thing we're going to do differently is desserts will be down in the fellowship hall. The tables will be nice just like it is today. We'll have a great fellowship. And Queen City, Queen City Photo Booth will be here to do uh, physical pictures that you can get as well as digital pictures that you can get on your phone. So it's going to be a nice event that you can bring your family and friends to. So start thinking now who you might bring uh, December 3rd to our fireside service. Then, of course, there's other activities, our Christmas Day and Christmas Eve service. But start thinking now. Pray now. That's what our prayer is going to be, that you'll bring somebody with you to our fireside service and our Christmas services on Sunday morning. Well, this is our time that we transition because we give. We've been given the word. We've, we've prayed together. Now we give of our tithes and offerings. So because of that, we can do wonderful things like our Thanksgiving dinner and all the other missions and ministries supporting North American Mission Board. So we need to be faithful in our obedience to give as an act of worship. So let me pray as we do that this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to give. Uh, we are thankful because you have given much. We can give to you. As an act of thanksgiving this week, uh, we pray, Lord, that we follow this, the command to give of our finances, showing how we are thankful. So, Lord, as we do this, we do this with cheerful and open hearts, thankful to you, Lord. May this be a praise, worthy to, uh, a praise gift worthy of you, and Lord, we ask that you would multiply it so that we might do more to reach people here in northern Kentucky and the nations. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. 
take the Lord's Supper. We invite people that uh, if you are uh, have been baptized believers and that you are 